guys, this is Whitney, and welcome back to another episode of Spastic Chatter. If you didn't know, Spastic Chatter is a platform meant to feature those in the Sarah Baldy community, and I get together weekly with individuals with CP, like myself, to have an unsister chat, if you will, about what it's like living with this type of disability. And this week, I have Jairus, and he is the world's first college football coach with cerebral palsy and we we met last week uh we, we both served on an advisory um board for people with cerebral palsy and i just thought he had a cool story and i wanted to i wanted to have him on a uh, chatting so i'm gonna let jairus introduce himself and then we'll get on to the conversation so take it away jairus Hey, everybody. My name is Jairus Getter. And like Whitney said, I'm the first uh, college football coach with cerebral palsy. Uh, I got hired in 2017 by a little school um, named Earlham College. It's been two years there. Then I'm currently serving at the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio. I'm the assistant linebackers coach and uh, special teams coordinator. Grew up on a farm in a small town in Ohio. Um, grew up uh going to school with about 300 kids. I was the only one with CP. Uh, the, there only two of us had leg braces. So that was a little bit different for sure. But uh, thank you, Whitney, for having me. I uh, can't wait to uh, see what you have me to answer. So can't, can't wait to hear what you got. Yeah, we have something in common. Like um, I, I grew up on a, like I'm from, I'm from, I'm, I'm from Texas and my, my, the town that I grew up in, which I moved back home and I, there was only, there was only like 40 something kids in my graduating class. Mm -hmm. so Same like, with me. We're like very small. And I was the only one, I was the only one though with a disability in like mainstream. So I can, I can relate, I can relate to that also. Yep. Um, so, I, so I know this, but like the other, like my audience might not know it. Um, so there's a spectrum of cerebral palsy, and you fall on like the on like almost the invisible side of cerebral palsy. Like, um, so do you want to do you want to you want to just talk about that for a second? Like how sure. how how CP affects you like in your daily life and yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I kind of fall on the lower end and I got really fortunate. I, I always say I'm one of the fortunate ones for sure. Um, so it's not completely invisible, but it's almost pretty close. I walk with a slight limp. So for me, and it's pretty noticeable. So for me, it was kind of just one of those things where, um, you, you know, I, I walk with a limp, you know, it takes a while for me to get going. If I stand up, like get up off the couch or get up out of bed, or sometimes I fall down, sometimes I'll lose my balance and like everyday life. Like that just happens every day. Like I'm so used to it that, you know, it's normal for me. It's not some kind of, you know, it's not something that's different to me, but I know it's different to others. And, yeah. um, it just, it affects me in a slight way, you know, motor skills, running, jumping, couldn't play sports, but I was really big into them. So that's what kind of led me to do this whole sports thing. But uh, for me, as far as that goes, that just, you know, it, it's, 
it's a normal thing to for me to get tired easy. It's a normal thing for my legs to ache and hurt and um, all those things. So, like you said, pretty slight, but I I handle it pretty well. Yeah. So, um, what you said that that was my next question is if is if you are like actually played sports uh, growing up, but what got what what how did you choose football? Like what what drew you to to football right so I did play baseball in uh, little league for three years and I like to say that I retired from baseball I didn't quit yeah. it I had I retired because when when people get quicker than you you retire so that was yeah. that was my thing so at the ripe old age of eight I retired from baseball but uh football has been my favorite sport for as long as I can remember uh, I'd be sitting watching football with my dad at a young age and uh, breaking down plays since I was like 13 or 14 on YouTube. That's when I had an old Samtron desktop computer and uh, I would sit there and I would just break down plays. But for me, I could tell you where all the guys went to college. I could tell you uh, positional breakdowns, uh, proper alignments, how to make tackles, how to uh, use your eyes to get interceptions, uh, throws for quarterbacks. Uh, special teams plays things like that I would draw up my own plays and and things of that nature so um, I would that that's how I got into it and I was just like you know what when I was an undergrad and when I almost graduated I was uh, thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and I tried the whole corporate thing I tried the whole business thing I did internships I freaking hated I can't sit behind a desk for um eight hours a day and I worked in IT for six years and I hated that and I wanted to get out and I was just like you know what I'm gonna take the risk and be a football coach and that's kind of led me to do uh, what I'm doing now and I'm a substitute teacher in the meantime I make no money doing this right now but uh, hopefully something happens soon that's awesome but you you said you said so much and the one like the one thing that I or the first thing I want to I want to talk about is, um, and this might, this might like, this is a touchy this is a touchy topic. Um, so like this is again I probably this on being uncensored, but I, you said that you you played uh you played baseball up until eight years old, and I also played uh played regular in the regular t ball t ball league until. I, until I couldn't, until I couldn't play anymore. Like, like I would hit the ball and then like my friend would run, would like push me in my chair around the bases and like I'd fall out of my chair and people would freak out and I'd just be laughing. But like nowadays, I feel like, again, I'm gonna preface this, that this is my opinion. And like um, before the trolls come at me, but like, I feel like there's so many like, like uh, there's like leaks, there's leaks for like the disabled children, like that are specifically for disabled children. But what's I don't understand why what's wrong with like including them in the regular in the regular league to the like to the best of their to the best of their ability to like let them to like let them be included to teach the other kids like like that. This is quote unquote normal. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with like segregating the disabled, the disabled, uh, the disabled, uh, 
athletes from me or not you know, you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. i'm kind of like spinning yeah. like what are what are your thoughts um so so for me where i grew up there was no obviously there was no disabled leagues that i knew of but if if there was i think my parents wanted to give me kind of like a uh, an experience of normalcy um so for me my experience in little league baseball was not not a positive one Oh, okay. Uh, um, so I would have preferred the dis- disability leagues because kids don't really understand what's going on. And, um, you, you know, that leads to a lot of you, you said I could be explicit on here. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Kids are kids are assholes. OK, yeah. so so with that being said, um, I had uh, kids that would ask the coaches why I couldn't run the bases fast enough or you know, why I was so slow or, you know, I'd be playing in my leg braces. Like most kids, you know, they get like the baseball pants. I'd have to wear like sweatpants. Like my parents didn't buy me baseball pants, you know? And it was just one of those things where you would just sit there and you would go, I, you know, it, it, for me, that was normal. I could hit the ball. I couldn't feel to save my life. Um, Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I brought that. I'm glad I brought that up because again, this is just always like having a conversation and, my my experience obviously differs from from yours, which I I under I understand your I understand your perspective. Um. So, but yeah, kids 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 can be assholes, and like my thing my thing is I always I always had my I always had my twin there, and like my my like other my other sibling. So like if anyone if any if it anyone was like taking on me I had my I had my bodyguard I had I had like a bodyguard a bodyguard there like nobody was nobody was gonna say shit so, right, so right. yeah and, and that's and that's good to have I, I grew up an only child but I had a lot of uh older relatives that protected me that way and um you know I had a cousin he's two years older than me and uh you, you know we're really really close and I, I remember when he would involve me in stuff, take me places, he would always tell his friends, like, if I was hanging out at the house, that they made fun of me, he was going to fucking pound their head in or stomp their head in the ground or, or whatever. And uh, I could always handle myself. I'm, I'm 6'4", about 235. I, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. So I, get, I can handle my business if I had to, but I was protected enough to know that I never had to do that. So that was always nice. That's awesome. So getting back on the topic of like football and Michael, like what, what did you, so you were, you were in, you went to college for IT. How did you transition into uh, being, being a football, being a football coach? Like how what was that? What, what did that look like? Because IT and football are like completely different. So I went to school for business administration. So I wanted to be uh, in like the front office of a sports team. So like my dream was always to be in sports. It's sub capacity. Uh, I'm minored in um, sports marketing and management. I'm actually an IU grad, uh, graduated from Indiana University. And um, when I, when I would sit in my, in my classes and I would sit in, you know, do my homework or do my work study in IT, I'd be like, I, 
I'm not getting anything out of this and this isn't what I wanted to do. And I really got the itch to coach. And like, uh, I told my grandma who, who passed away about four years ago, um, that I wanted to coach and she just told me to, to go for it and to try it out. And I remember, uh, getting my minor in sports marketing and management. I said, what can I do with this? I took a year off and I said, I really wanted to get two degrees and, uh, got my master's in sports recreation and sports sciences. <clears throat> so I could coach you up. I could tape your ankles. I can, uh, I could do front office stuff. I could do budgeting. I could do athletic, uh, directing if that was the case. Um, and I kind of knew that desk jobs were not for me. Like I said earlier, desk jobs are not, you know, even with CP, I like being active and I like talking to people and I like being in that realm and like being in, you know, kind of being in the talkative stuff. I like developing young athletes. Uh, I, <clears throat> I feel like I gave my, my perspective to my athletes and that has turned the programs around that I've been to. Uh, went 0 and 20 the first two years that I coached, uh, but all my kids still stay in contact with me. Uh, I had a lot of kids tell me that I'm the reason they didn't quit football when we were down and out, losing by 80 points. And then when I went on to Dayton, they went six and five back to back years. Um, I got there. We we turn around. We go eight and three, and um, it was it was pretty cool. I have a guy who plays in the NFL now. Uh, so for and that closest to that bond that I have with all 110 of my athletes, it means more to me than any amount of money you can give me. Um, these guys have been tremendous as far as, you know, the transition of having a disabled coach. And I don't get a little bit off track here, but um, I think for the transition from business to coaching was just that I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. I think that's what motivated me to actually just go for it. And I mean, I had to send out emails. I had to be willing to risk, you know, insurance, getting money. Um, you know, I still live at home with my parents. I'm going to be 27 here in about six weeks. Um, well, about, about, about four weeks. So, um, for, for me, I still live at home. I haven't left the house. Uh, I live at home for free. My meals are free here. Uh, to just to chase the dream, go to four years of school, get my master's, be the first one to do that. I think the motivation was just, hey, I don't want to sit behind a desk and I don't want to be that guy that never leaves his hometown. And I, and I think that motivates me every day to just get up and just go coach and be better and, and get ready for that paid spot when it comes. Yeah, well, well, just the, there's there's not, there's nothing wrong with not leaving your hometown. I I went off I went off and did my own thing for a little bit. Like I uh I um went off and got a math I got a, my master's degree. I I I worked at, I worked in a big I worked in a big city and I figured I found out that the nine to five job wasn't for me. So I and I came back I came back to my my hometown my hometown now I work from home so there's there's an I just want to put that out right I just want to put that out there right now there's there's nothing wrong with oh with this staying your hometown so don't don't feel don't feel don't feel don't feel bad if you're uh, all all the stuff all the stuff you all the stuff you just said about like living 
with your parents still at 27 there there there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that that's uh, you you know the you you're taking the steps to like to better yourself and that's just part of the process right now so mm, exactly yeah so um i have i i had a, i thought of a question while you were while you were talking um mm-hmm. so have you have you experienced any uh any like negative like feedback about me from being a coach with oh yeah Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I want to talk about it. Yeah, sure. People are assholes. Um, yeah, people fucking suck. Uh, so I was at an internship at a college. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll keep that under wraps, but, uh, uh, how they ran it and how they treated me, it was supposed to be an eight week internship. And, uh, that kind of turned into, uh, me coming home in about three days. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that likes to talk to people to introduce myself. And uh, it was an internship where I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. And I just thought, you know, being um, being in there and introducing myself and being personable, uh, that's always been a huge uh, plus of mine. Huge, huge pro of mine was that I could just talk to anybody. And, um, you know, it's it, it has benefited me in the long run, but they – uh, told me to stay in my lane, uh, to tone down my personality, to uh, I couldn't do about 80 percent of what they were asking me to do. They knew I was disabled before I went in and uh, told me that I wasn't working hard. I actually compared that internship program to Nazi Germany uh, because of how it was ran and how it was treated. And, uh, you, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, one of those things, I, given I shouldn't have said that, but uh, it was really rough for me. Um, to make that transition and that's just one one factor I mean I've had family members tell me it was a stupid idea Uh, I've had uh, numerous coaches laugh in my face Uh, I've had uh, people tell me that I wouldn't make it in this profession but I'll tell you the one man who believed in me and that was University of Dayton head football coach Rick Chamberlain and that man has taken care of me He's made sure that I've been in positions where I was comfortable. He's let me sit down at practice. He's given me, uh, you, you know, if we were at a at a college that, you know, had the uh, locker room far away from the football field before we played a game, he would make sure that I had transportation from that place to the field. Um, he has taken the steps necessary to make sure that I was taken care of. And that's what makes it easy to work for free right now is that um, – you know, they allow me to be myself. They allow me to coach the way I want to coach. They let me, you know, impact the program and which and the ways that I do. And I always tell him that I owe him more than what I could ever repay him for. And he tells me I've done more for the program than what I could ever imagine. So to know that I left that impact was great. But to answer your question, people fucking suck. And I've had some people fucking tell me that I, wouldn't amount to shit in this profession and i yeah it, there's a lot of backlash there's a lot of negativity but the thing about me is is that um you know i was told you know you you might get motherfucked by a coach or whatever and i've never been the guy to sit there and get cussed out i've never been the guy to sit there and be quiet you if you're cussing me out i'm cussing you out right back yeah i, I ain't scared of nobody i don't care um 
you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, um, you know, if I get treated poorly, I'm, I'm going to speak out on it, regardless of how negative it makes the program or that person look. Um, you know, I'm an easy guy to get along with. I'm easy. I'll bust my ass for you, but if you disrespect me or um, turn me away, you know, because of that, um, and tell me my work ethic sucks, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be a nice guy about it. I'm gonna call it like I see it. And yeah, uh, I also gotta thank uh, Nick Johnson at Earlham College for giving me the first opportunity to come coach and leave my impact on that program and those players too. It uh, he really kickstarted my career and. He's the reason I'm at where I'm at right now. So I have a lot to be gracious for there. I like how you stand up for yourself. Like, cause like you have to stand up for yourself. Cause nobody's, nobody's going to do it. Nobody, nobody's going to do it for you. Like, yeah, like you, exactly. have to, you have to be willing to, to stand up for like what's right. And uh, so, um, so you, so you have a, like, you have a different style coaching. Would you say that you have, you have to be better at, at communicating, uh, more, more than more than the typical coach, because like you know, because you can't like physically show them like movements and things mm-hmm. like that. So, would you say that you have to? I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm able to show them a little bit, so that kind of benefits me. But yes, communicating is huge, huge. You got to be able to know what what to say, how to say it properly, what to deliver the message to. How each kid responds. I got 120 kids. Yeah. Each kid responds differently to certain actions. So if you're if you're yelling at a, I've never been a yelling and screaming kind of guy. I, I've just never been that way. Um, but I think, um, you know, being able to talk to kids and, and like really make that connection uh, and and know what you want. Like you have to be really specific in your communications and what you want. And these kids have, have just adapted to that. It wasn't, I don't understand what you're saying. If there's questions, I'll, I'll go through it. I'll like, I'm a very methodical coach, very, very organized and very boom, 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 boom. Here's what we need. Yeah. And uh, you know, they, they take that really well, but I think, uh, if you're at a disadvantage and like, Hey, I want you to backpedal. Fun fact. I can't fucking backpedal to save my life. Yeah. So if I, if I got to walk back, if I got to go backwards, it's not going to be good. And if I got to go, you know, sprint through this, obviously I don't have to show them because they know how to run. They know how to sprint the division one athletes. So yeah. I think, um, I think with that being said, uh, you really got to know how to talk to your kids. Uh, I think that's the most in, in any facet of anything you really got to know. And it's not just out there on the practice field. It's on game day. You really got to know how to talk to your kids every which way, every single day. And I love each and every one of them and they love me. And it's just something that um, I take a lot of pride in is being able to communicate as is. So I think it makes my coaching a lot easier. That's awesome. And I like that. I find it interesting that you said not only not only have you did you have to adapt to your to your coaching style, but your your kids your kids learned how to adapt. Also, so it's not just it's not just you personally, like as the person with a disability that had that had to like develop that had to like develop an adaptive. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like they. Yep. 
they had to learn how those goals also. And I think I think that will like benefit them in the future, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, because you have because it was such a unique unique for unique perspective and like a, a, a different situation than the quote unquote norm. Right. And, and you're, and you're a life coach too. So, so I mean, for me, the, like that different perspective on how to approach every day, uh, what life was like, uh, not taking things for granted, you know, little things like that, little teachings that I can, that I can give them. And they've all been really appreciative and that's all been really receptive in a positive way and taken in a positive light. And I'm, and I'm gracious for that. I've, I've impacted lives wherever I went, uh, high school level, uh, college level, um, e- even that internship for three days. Uh, I, I left my I left my mark in a certain way with the athletes. And at the end of the day, regardless if the coaches like you or you piss them off or they piss you off or, or whatever, if the kids love you and the kids want you there, you'll go far in this profession. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so at the end of every episode, uh, Jarius, I ask my guests if they have any advice for um, others and their that are going through similar situations in their mm-hmm. in their life. So, do you have any advice for any advice in general? Just just keep grinding. Uh, make your mark. Be personable. Uh, be approachable. Break your shell and get out of your comfort zone because once you do sky's the limit um you you know i think i think everybody you know with a disability or with an impairment or with a disadvantage uh always looks at life as you know life did me dirty so other people are going to do me dirty people fucking suck i've said that five times in this episode Mm -hmm. you're going to come across shitty people no matter what but it's the few people that look out for you like coach Chamberlain at Dayton, like Nick Johnson, like some of my family members, it's those people that make you grow and want you to be better without my football coaching. I don't know where I'd be without football. I'd have no idea what I'd be doing or where I'd be or where I'd be going, but I'm loving every second of being a coach and being and coaching my guys. Uh, Dayton has changed my life. Earlham college has changed my life. No matter what it is, career wise, personal goals, just do your best and be the best person you can be and go be great. And I, and I think everybody has that capability. You're just the one that has to believe in yourself to do it first. Yeah. That's awesome advice. So where can people follow, follow your journey, follow you on social media? At coach getter on Twitter at coach getter on Instagram. Uh, Jarris getter on Facebook. Add me, have a conversation. I'll talk to you about anything sports life. Heck. You know, I'll talk to you about what kind of muscle you eat on your hot dogs. I don't care. Let's 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 talk. Let's connect. Let's have a conversation. Everybody in this life could teach you something. So at Coach Getter on everything, uh, social media wise, and then Jarris Getter on Facebook. Uh, let's connect. Let's uh, let's have a conversation. That's awesome. I'll put that in the uh, description below so people can follow you. And awesome. thank you, Jarris, for for being a guest on spastic chatter and if you're watching this and you want to be a guest uh just leave a comment i would love to have you um and uh check back next week for another episode thanks bye see ya